It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia with me, as always, every Monday morning to play a little quarterback. It's Matthew Friedman. It's Pat Fitzmorris and me, Joey P. And we're hanging out looking ahead to week six because, you know, it's never too early to start thinking about the future, start planning, start going things right. And obviously, week five had some surprises for us. I know Pat still does not want to talk about what happened in London. It just stays in London forever. Uh, Matthew Friedman, hopefully you had some uh, better luck, I think, with uh, your teams and some of your investments. But we're going to just turn the page right away here and jump into things today because we have got one hell of a barn burner. Thursday night football, the Washington Commanders at one and four versus the Bears at two and three. Friedman, does it get any better than this? Yes, hopefully it does get better <laughs> than this. Uh, it's, it's a Thursday night game. You know, they 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 start they start bad and then they build up from there. This is a weird game. Um, the line is, well, it's kind of moved around a little bit, but, you know, consensus is minus one for the commanders. Uh, I think, is there really much of a difference between these two teams? I think Chicago should be favored, like pretty significantly favored, not by a field goal, but like they should be the favorite in this game. So it's disgusting. I've already bet on Chicago. Already bet on Chicago. So let me set the stage here because I walked into a, a good joke, which is, again, well done, Freeman. So we've got uh, the Washington Commanders are one-point underdogs going on the road to Chicago. 39.5 is the number. Pat Fitzmorris, I know this sounds like a, a glorious contest for the ages, but, you know, in all honesty, it feels like the only way to watch this game is to have a little action on it. So that being said, is there any early action you'd like to take on this one? Yeah, I'm with Friedman. I like the Bears here. And uh, by the way, this is going to be a really bad game, but it's going to be bad in a different way than last Thursday's game with Denver and the Colts. Like that was the <laughs> frustrating bad game of, of two mm -hmm. teams we expected to be good and uh, two teams with still competent defenses, but bad offenses. So it just turned into this hideous rock fight. I feel at least here the offenses and defenses are sort of balanced in their badness so they can give us an entertaining game. Um I, I don't really understand why Washington opened as a favorite. And now I see uh, on DraftKings this morning, I think it was Bears minus one and a half. But I, I feel like this should be more Bears by a field goal. And we saw them like this Bears team. Um, maybe they're a little challenged on talent, but they do have sort of an esprit de corps going with Matt Eberflus. And mm -hmm. they rallied yesterday against the Vikings uh, when they dug a, a big early hole. Like they came back, uh, shut down the, the Vikings offense after being gouged early. Like, I think this defense is actually pretty good and pretty credible and is going to give Carson Wentz a hard time. And, um, you know, like it's a, a very conservative offense, but they did at least minimize mistakes yesterday and get back in that game. So I, I think the Bears are are undervalued in this spot. I'm just Googling Esprit de Corps because that is that is uh, certainly not something I had on my bingo card this morning. The spirit <laughs> of the body. 
for those who are looking for the translation there. Well done, Pat Fitzmorris. <laughs> and if you're looking for translating some of your bets into cold hard cash, make sure you're heading over to bettingpros.com, placing your wagers there because that's where you get all the best odds, including BetMGM, the sponsor of the show, the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. Go ahead and place your wagers. Again, BetMGM, uh, the spot to be and to make sure you can take advantage of all these early uh, lines we're talking about today. Let's talk about another one here, San Francisco Versus Atlanta, the 49ers are six-point favorites on the road in Atlanta. 42-and-a-half is the number. Atlanta down last week with uh, Kyle Pitts not playing down. Cordero Patterson looks to be a bit more of the same this week here. So, uh, Pat, is this six a big enough number here, in your opinion? It seems about right to me. Uh, I'm disinclined to bet the 49ers as a six-point road. And, like, this hurt Friedman and I. This past week, uh, reluctance to bet the 49ers is a big road dog in Carolina. Atlanta is a better team than Carolina, and you're actually getting an extra half point from what we were getting with Carolina last week. Um, they should have been right in with Tampa until the end, if if not for a horrendous Jerome Boger roughing the passer call. Like that could have been a game. So another team like the Bears, Atlanta is plucky. Um, like I'm kind of inclined to take the points if i'm going to take a side here but i i do my numbers are kind of right on with the projected uh, my projected line right on line with reality here so i don't know it's either a layoff or atlanta for me friedman how about you are your numbers right here where the line is yeah i have this at five but the difference between five and six isn't all that great if i if i'm doing anything i'm waiting to see if this line moves towards san francisco and then maybe if it gets to seven i'm betting it at that point all right, let's move on to the next one here. The New England Patriots uh, will go ahead and take on the Cleveland Browns on the road. Look, uh, Patriots coming off a shutout here with a third string quarterback and Bill Belichick gets his 400th win. They're flying high, right? The Pats can't be stopped. Uh, Cleveland uh, let one slip away here in this one. 42 and a half is the number. Cleveland should be favoring this game. I think we can all agree on that. And basically Vegas is telling you, though, it's not a clear cut lock for Cleveland because they're only getting the three at home. So Freeman, do you see anything here in this line? That's a little suspicious that you think there's some money to be made potentially. Yeah, I'm on new England in this spot because it, it only gets better from here, either with Zappy continuing to improve, or maybe we get Mac Jones back. Uh, and I don't think the line moves away from new England in this spot. So I already on the look ahead, I bet it a plus three and a half shout out mm -hmm. me <laughs> basically doomed my bet there. Uh, it's, it's three, it's three now. Uh, I still think that there's some value in the market. And I also like the over over 42. Um, there's something with this Cleveland defense that is just like, it's bad and they're super vulnerable against mm -hmm. the run. The uh, and so I'll say I had this thesis last week with the uh, the Browns game and it you know came to fruition with the over, uh, and it's a similar situation this week. We have two teams that can run the ball really well and two teams that are really bad against the run, and so I think it means that they're going to be really efficient on the drives that they have. And normally, you think if teams are running the ball, it, it plays to the under, but because they're going against run defenses that are so bad, and because like you already take into account that these are run heavy offenses, I think uh, the over 42 42 is a relatively low number in this spot. I think this number should be closer to 44. All right, Pat, what about New England on the money line to a plus 132? Can New England just go on the road and win another game that people might not expect them to be able to pull out? 
Yeah, if I was going to play this, I'd maybe play New England on the money line. And mm-hmm. I maybe was guilty of underestimating the resilience of the Patriots, um, e- even though they are undermanned on offense. Like Friedman is right. They run the ball effectively. Uh, two teams that do run it effectively here. And my inclination was to keep this total low. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of right in line with what the actual line is. But Friedman's right. Like, if I'm going to play this, I think I want to over uh betting against these run defenses and, and one more thing here i'm very happy to bet against kevin stefanski in this spot he's, just, he's, <laughs> he's eight and 16 against the spread as a favorite like it's wow. not to say like he should never be wow. a favorite but it's just there are certain coaches stefanski's one of them shanahan's one of them like coaches where when they are favored they play a different style of game and that allows them to uh to be vulnerable to the backdoor cover Okay. Uh, if I told you both that the Jets and Packers would both be three and two as we looked ahead to week six, I bet you wouldn't think that would be the case. Uh, or at least not the Jets would have the same record as the Packers, but they do. Uh, the Packers still, though, are seven and a half home favorites in this one in Green Bay. Now, look, it's not the frigid, frozen tundra quite yet. It's still October. And the Jets continue to show up and they are far more competitive. I think we can all agree in the years past, Sauce Gardner's had a huge effect on that defense, helped things out quite a bit. They've got Brees Hall now. It looks like a running back they can really kind of give that workload to. And let's be honest, I mean, there were some moments there on the offensive line again that really just kind of let down uh, what Aaron Rodgers was able to do. Not to mention it's clear he misses those weapons. 45 is the number, Pat. If you like the Jets to just upset completely, it's plus 260. I don't know if we want to go that far. But seven and a half with the way the Packers have played, is this giving the Packers too much respect in your opinion? It probably is. My projections have it Packers minus eight, but that's like the Packers at home coming off a bad loss. And, uh, you know, it's it's generally a really good spot for them. But you wonder with them coming back from London, like is there sort of a, a disruption to their normal schedule? Does this kind of throw them off a little bit and maybe they don't rebound from that other uh, New York loss quite the way you would expect them to? Um, they ran into some serious issues in the second half. Like the, the Giants were uh, duct taping an offense, doing a MacGyver job. They didn't have Pretty Saquon much. Barkley after he hurt his shoulder. And, uh, you know, somehow with Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell and Daniel Jones and like a, a cast of nobodies at wide receiver, they were moving the ball against this Green Bay defense that I thought was going to be so much better. And uh, as I've been telling Friedman on our Sunday morning live stream, like, I've I've thought the Jets have been valued all undervalued all year. Mm. And um, you know, we're we're seeing like that this is a, a pretty potent offense, actually. Like even yeah. with Zach Wilson, uh, you know, at at best an average NFL starter and probably still not even quite too average yet, like they can move the ball. They have so much talent at the skill positions and the offensive line seems to be coming together. So um even though my number says Green Bay should be uh favored by half a point more there's no way i'm touching green bay here uh not bold enough to take the money line but if i were going to play this i would take the points with the jets Friedman, the kinder gentler aaron Rodgers doesn't seem to be equaling wins i don't know what kind of tea maybe he brought back with him from london but uh what are your thoughts on this number because this feels awfully dangerous to me like they're giving the packers a little bit too much credit here Danger is my middle name, so I will be I will be taking the Packers here. Although I will say, like this is this is like the line in the sand for me. It's like I I've been slow to adjust my power ratings on them, 
Uh, and I, on who, I have the Jets to, or the Packers, the Packers, okay, the Packers. I've been slow to adjust because uh, I feel like, you know, they're working their way into it at the beginning of the season. They had players that were injured. So like I, I felt like, okay, entering London, they're rounding into form. And then that definitely wasn't the case, but maybe we just saw, you know, it's a London game and they played a bad second half, like weird stuff happens in London. So Aaron Rodgers is a favorite crushes Aaron Rodgers at home crushes going against a Jets team that I don't want to say they're fraudulent because they're not because like I have been impressed by the improvement that we have seen on both sides of the ball for them. But like, let's not react too strongly to this. They beat the Dolphins who had a second string quarterback for one play and then a rookie third stringer for the entire game. They beat the Steelers who had Mitch Trubisky, who basically should be a backup and then a rookie getting his first NFL action and they beat the Browns in a fluke game in week two. Like Mm -hmm. this is a team that very well could be 0 and 5 if they were like playing normal circumstances. So I don't want to give too much credit to the Jets. I will be on the Packers for one more week in this spot, (laughs) but I don't feel great about it. You're on borrowed time, Green Bay. Did you hear that LaFleur? Friedman's got one more. That's it. And you're dead to him. Uh, Let's get to the next game here. Uh, Indianapolis Colts are going to host their daddies uh, in their stadium here because Jacksonville is coming to town. Jacksonville coming off two straight losses, though. They are one and a half point underdogs in this game on the road in Indianapolis. The number is 41. Uh, If you like Jacksonville to continue to just beat up on the Colts and just own them for the last three times that they've played each other. Well, that's plus 105 on the money line. But uh, Friedman, I I know it's kind of tough to put a lot of faith in the Colts. I know a lot also has to do with Jonathan Taylor. So I guess with the Jonathan Taylor variable in here, is this a wait and bet or is this a bet now before you get more clarity on that situation? So, yeah, I, I'm waiting uh, for two things, for the clarity on the injury situation, because I'm not taking it, it's not that I'm not taking it into account, it's just hard to know exactly the degree right now to which we mm-hmm. should be baking those, uh, those injuries into the line. And so I, I have a small deduction, assuming that some of the players who are out will miss time, but it's just, it's really hard to know which ones actually will miss time. So I'm waiting partially for that, and then partially with this number of one and a half, just to see which direction it goes to see like I have this number right now Colts minus three I don't really feel great about it but if we see this number move to minus two then I'm going to feel a little bit better about it knowing that I'm maybe like on the right direction of this even though I would lose a half point of value there's not much of a difference between 1.5 and two so I'm just waiting to see where the market goes on this Pat, I'll give you an SAT analogy. The uh, the 49ers are to the Rams as the Jacksonville Jaguars are to the Colts. Does it stay true yet again this week? I'm going to take the Jags in this one. And uh, it sort of fits my formula <clears throat> of games I like to bet on with the one team coming off a very embittering, disappointing loss, mm-hmm. the Jaguars. I'm sure they should have, <clears throat> you know, felt like that game against the Texans should have been a layup. And I know it crushed a great many survivor pool entrance um and then going against a colts team that maybe is feeling a little fat and happy after stealing that monday or that thursday night uh win against the broncos even though they should have no reason to be happy and to me the overriding thing i'm looking at here is that the colts offense is just broken it is completely broken i mean matt ryan looks horrible five touchdowns and seven interceptions so far and he's just been a sack machine 
Like mm-hmm. this, this offense goes backward as frequently as it goes forward. Even with Jonathan Taylor back, like I don't know how much it fixes what the fundamental problems have been for the Colts. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm inclined to bet the trends here and and keep riding the Jaguars against their uh, you know bewildered nemesis. All right. Uh, obviously, uh, we got more games to get to. Before we do, I want to take a quick break in the action to tell you about Sleepers Over Under Game. Now, a lot of you are already playing all your fancy leagues on Sleeper, as you should, because it's the best platform to be playing that. But they've got a really cool, fun game now over on Sleeper. It's their new Over Under Game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, you choose two or more players that you like, and you pick from the Over Under. For example, rushing yards in a football game. Uh, points in a basketball game then you choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest and if you pick correctly you can win anywhere from two to 20 times your money and it's all happening over at sleeper so go check it out and obviously you can go to sleeper.app slash betting pros that's sleeper.app slash betting pros use that promo code betting pros that's all one word betting pros at sleeper.app slash betting pros and you'll get a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars so go make your deposit over on sleeper and play a little over under Let's get to another game here that's got some over-under in it. It's got the Minnesota Vikings, who are 4-1, and three-point road favorites taking on the Miami Dolphins, who are running out of quarterbacks at an alarming rate. 45-and-a-half is the number for this one. So, you know, everything was going in a great direction here for the Dolphins. Now it's been a tough couple weeks here. So, Pat, can the Dolphins circle the wagons here? I know it's tough because we don't have quarterback clarity yet, but is that all the more reason to be aggressive on this game now before we get a little bit more uh, potential clarity and then maybe this number grows from three to five. Yeah, I so want to jump on the Dolphins at this number, Joe, but like I I feel like I want to at least (sighs) find out, uh, you know, with some degree of certainty that Skylar Thompson is not going to be their starting quarterback for this game. Like, I, I think that would kind of be a disaster, but there's no way the Vikings should be favored by three in Miami. They're just not not good enough to be favored by three against a, a respectable team at the very least. Like I know Miami's got some issues. Their past defense has been terrible. And obviously the quarterback thing is huge, but um, yeah, I, man, I really want to take this now. I think I'm going to just take it and hope that either <clears throat> two or Teddy can play. Friedman, this is a really precarious situation because of what happened with Tua and now what's going on with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, it almost feels like, the Dolphins have to now maybe be more, I would say, protective because they're so under the microscope right now that I think Skylar Thompson playing might be almost a foregone conclusion because the league and the microscope is so focused on them right now. And if that is the case, even if Pat's saying maybe Minnesota is not that great, as good as their record might be, does this mean, though, that you got a third string quarterback and the Vikings coming to town that this three is going to potentially balloon very quickly? Maybe I okay. I think that one of Tua or Teddy is going to play in this game, but um, Bridgewater apparently cleared the concussion test. Uh, but uh, the independent spotter said that he was wobbly or whatever, mm-hmm. so they didn't let him back in. But if he already cleared the concussion test, then he might not actually be in the league's protocol moving forward like with with the new rules like i'm not sure exactly what the process is now but uh i'm just i'm thinking that there's a decent chance we see bridgewater so if i were to bet on this it would be the dolphins but it's such an unknown situation that i'm just going to stay away at this point 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Staying away. Let's see if we want to stay away from this next one. The Cincinnati Bengals coming off another in-division loss. A tough one for them. Why they're just not kicking a field goal there. I'll never understand. I don't get that. But anyway, I'm not bitter. Uh, two and three Cincinnati Bengals uh, going on the road into New Orleans. Another team that's got a whole host of problems. They are two and three also. Somebody's going to come out with a victory here. Uh, the New Orleans Saints are one and a half point uh, home dogs in this one. 44 is the number. I know the home dog situation is one we usually like to jump on, but with some of the chaos going on there in New Orleans right now, Friedman, how do you feel about this roster and this team? And are they maybe just this team that's going to underperform all season? I have this right where it should be. I, I have this at one, one and a half. Um, the, the Taysom Hill situation is really <laughs> interesting from like the, the fantasy uh, perspective and, yeah. you know, oh, sure. for, from the betting perspective, like we don't know if, if Jameis Winston is returning for this, this game or not. I think it's hard to quantify at this point, what the difference is between Winston and, and Andy Dalton. Um, you know, I think Winston is probably more volatile. Uh, he might be worth more points against the spread, but, you know, week to week, you have a better sense of what you're getting out of Dalton. So that consistency on its own is worth something. So I don't know. I'm just staying away from this. I, you know, I have it very close to market. Paz, does it stay away from you as well? I think it is. Um, I think I've overestimated both the Bengals offense and the Saints defense a bit this Fair. year. So yeah. I'm a little bit flummoxed about how to uh, assess that. And, uh, you know, I'm actually maybe a little bit inclined to the over. <laughs> um, I, I saw 44 and a half at, at DraftKings this morning, and I've got this projected at 45. Like, I don't know if that's strong enough for me to actually play it, but uh, I'm with Friedman. I mean, it just kind of feels like this is right on and, um, you know, it does feel like close to a pick. I'm Okay, next on our list, the Baltimore Ravens going to the New York Giants. The Giants are four and one, if you can believe it somehow. I can't. Uh, they are five and a half point home underdogs though as baltimore comes to town 43 and a half is the number if you think the giants just can't be beat plus 200 on the money line i guess here's the question i, I know the giants keep finding ways to win pat but here we go again this is a team that has a much better quarterback situation a team that's finally coming off another victory here i i know it feels like a trap almost that the giants you know are like yeah they're not that good they're not that good but they keep winning games so i don't know at what point the ship writes or things correct themselves. Is it going to happen this week? Is the five and a half a safe number here uh, for the Giants? No, I mean, this feels like exactly the right number for this game. And like, I just, it's amazing how Brian Dable has been able to make this work. As I said, it's a, a MacGyver job. It's, it's chewing gum and duct tape and uh, you know, clothes hangers. He, he's getting it done with, you know, such a depleted wide receiver core. And, uh, you know, basically Saquon Barkley and not much else. And to Daniel Jones credit, he's gone two games without committing a turnover. Are we going to bet on three games without a turnover from Daniel Jones? I'm, I'm kind of disinclined to think that's going to happen. So, um, you know, Ravens, uh, very professional outfit. Uh, rarely do they massively underachieve. Um, I don't know. I, I'm inclined to bet the Ravens, if anything, but I'm probably just staying away from this game. Well, Marlon Humphrey and the rest of that secondary, I think, have been listening to all the chirping going on, and they got a lot of, obviously, uh, pressure on Joe Burrow last night. So is that just the uh, the turning of the corner here for this Ravens team, in your opinion, Freeman? And is that going to be potentially a Ravens blowout in this game? I don't know. I, I'm leaning more towards the Giants on this, but I, I do so with great reluctance. 
uh telling your voice it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah and in part because i just i don't trust a lot of what i've seen and then also it's hard to factor in the the travel from london in this spot so i'm probably going to be taking a hands-off approach because i don't know if i'm um discounting them enough based on the travel fair enough by, yeah by the way joe you you mentioned the ravens secondary they lost marcus williams their free safety to a dislocated yep. wrist last night uh it's kind of interesting they didn't put in kyle hamilton the rookie first rounder they put in geno stone the, you know what let me tell you about the hamilton situation too it's something that uh bogman and i talked about in the idp show early in the year where we told everybody like you got to fade him a little bit because you've not gotten a lot of good buzz coming out of on him early on and that was the opportunity where you thought, okay, well, maybe you get Hamilton. The fact you didn't, I think it speaks a lot. That's a big yeah. volume there about that. So that's a great point you're bringing but up. But man, there, if, if you want to get acclimated to uh, playing without your starting free safety, the Giants are a pretty good team to try to, uh, you know, get a, a readjustment game in because they're, they're probably not going to burn you deep. I'm waiting for them to bring Victor Cruz back or somebody like they got, they got to start kicking the tires. It's got, you know, it's like one of those, one of those movies where you got to like get all the old guys back together and see if they got one more run in them. I don't know. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets on site. Credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now back to the action. Uh, let's go to Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one and four. Of course, they got their doors blown off by Buffalo, which is what everybody expected and Certainly the doors were sufficiently blown off. Now they get Tampa. We knew this is going to be a tough stretch for Kenny Pickett. We knew it was going to be a tough stretch for the Steelers and it's going to prove such 42 and a half is the number here. They have not played well at home this year. We know that seven and a half is this number too big, Pat, or do you think it's a spot on here again? Oh, doesn't it seem like it's too big, Joe? I mean, like the Steelers, Mike Tomlin coming off a loss there at home, but there's no way like we have to reassess where we are with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. And I think some of the old trends go out the window for this team. This is just such a, a transition team. That's yeah, it are. really is. I mean, yeah. it's just so they're so underpowered compared to a normal Pittsburgh Steelers team. So um, even though the trends, I'm sure, are all pointing to, you know, taking the points more than a touchdown with Pittsburgh. I don't know. This seems like the kind of game Friedman would take uh, with the Steelers. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm not buying the Steelers at this. I'm just like walking away from this game. All right, Friedman, uh, Pat kind of threw you under the bus there. Would you like to climb out from under and uh take an opinion on this game 
I hate this game because <laughs> I, I'm I'm very much I'm on the Steelers. I have I this know, number. I am too. I feel like it's the way to yeah. be on. They got their doors blown off. Five and a half. Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Like I kind of feel like seven and a half is kind of big. What's your number? Five and a half, Ooh. and I don't I don't trust it. Um, but you know I. It's funny, like there, yeah, there are certain trends um, and like factors that get taken into account in my in my model, and I think that that is skewing this a little bit relative to the power ratings because I'm still I'm still high on Tampa Bay. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFC, and at this point, I have the Steelers as like a bottom five, bottom six team in my power ratings, but they are at home. Uh, they tend to bounce back after losses. They tend to do well as underdogs, but yeah, it's just a question, a question of whether that history is actually predictive at this point, because it's just new circumstances with this team. So, uh, mm, I'm, if I had to take a side, I would take Pittsburgh, but I, I don't feel good about it. I haven't, uh, let me, let me see. Let me remind myself. I haven't bet it yet. Friedman needs I a minute, everybody. We gotta, we gotta give him a second here. Go ahead. It's at, it's at eight. It has moved to seven and a half at some books, which does indicate that the Steelers are the side, at least that money, early money is going to. So I'm going to look at that. And if it moves to seven and a half at more books, I probably will jump on the eight that is still out there. And then I'm just going to hate myself for the rest of the week. See, I didn't have to throw Friedman under the bus, Joe. Friedman just lays down in front of the bus. <laughs> so. It's more like a train. <laughs> Let's get to the next one here. The Carolina Panthers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I hope everybody's oh. heard me sufficiently now after the last, I don't know, three weeks telling everybody how the Rams are so overrated. I think they're finally catching up. I think it's all, you know, I think we're good now. The Rams are two and three. They're still nine and a half point favorites in this one against Carolina. They're at home. Carolina is no good. We know that 41 and a half is the number. This could be Matt rules final game. Although who knows, uh, you know, there's still six days to get there. <laughs> so, so who knows, you know, what might happen? He might've already coached his final game. We have no idea what's going on here, but Friedman, this is, this is like, you want to talk about gut check time, right? For the Rams. This is a game that they should absolutely crush the opponent. They are, theoretically just a far superior talented team although a top heavy team at that however problems on the offensive line continue Stafford's problems continue where are you at with this one nine and a half seems awfully big considering how the Rams have really underperformed yeah this was nine and it has bumped up to nine and a half so the the early money is indicating that the the Rams are the side to back here uh, I have this at eight and a half. I'm not super desirous to bet on the the Panthers in this spot, given how bad they have looked. And now Baker Mayfield potentially injured uh, with the, the foot in the walking boot. Although that's maybe just a safe face. Got to be honest. That crossed my mind. But um, I don't know. If it gets to 10, I will think about it. But even then, I still don't like it. If there ever is a time to bet on that rule, it is as a road underdog. So that is factoring into this a little bit, but uh, I'm staying away for now. If it gets to 10, I will think I will think about it. I'll look in the mirror and then I will probably talk myself into betting on it. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and doggone it. I don't like the Rams. Uh, how about you here, Pat Fitzmaurice, when you're looking at this one? I mean, this should be Rams get right game, but does that exist at this point for them? It might not with this offense, Joe. And uh, this game is destined to make eyeballs bleed. Like, this is a game I want. No part of watching. Uh, it's, can it's I get that on be... a shirt? <laughs> and like, 
<laughs> is, is it going to be any better if Baker Mayfield does play? But if he doesn't play, I don't know what the what the Panthers are going to do because I don't think uh, Sam Darnold is quite ready to come back yet. They've said that. And uh, they don't have Matt Corral. So, man, it's going to be interesting. And, um, yeah, I just uh, – like I can't <sighs> – Maybe I would be inclined to to place a small bet on the Panthers if they do uh, show Matt Rule the door this week. Like maybe they P. get the bounce Walker, from that. Too. Just I, I it, would it. PJ? it would be PJ. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and is, is PJ really a downgrade from Baker at this point? So uh, you know, at least <laughs> at least he PJ can, can maybe at least. Right, exactly right. exactly. So. Um, Boy, yeah, if they spike Matt Rule, maybe I like I'm not betting the Panthers as long as Matt Rule is still there. Like they're just I'll tell you this. Uh, if they spike if if they spike Matt Rule, I'm all in on the Panthers because that trend of firing the coach and winning the next game has been so incredible. And what's the money line? They are Carolina's 310 plus 310. I'm wow. telling you right now, I'm going to run to the book whenever that happens and just and just go bet on betting pros. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, because we know the, the Rams don't really have much of a home field advantage. At no. So far, like no. neither of the L.A. teams do. So, um, yeah, that would that is intriguing. That is intriguing. That money line bet. I, I might be with you on that one, Joe. I Let's like go. that call. Hey, man. Hey, we already I already told you about the Panthers a couple weeks ago. Nobody wanted to hear me then. Now you hear me knocking. I think I'm coming in and I'm bringing P.J. Walker with me. All right. Arizona Cardinals against Seattle. Seattle's now down a running back uh, with Rashad Penny. So it's the Ken Walker era, which started off pretty good yesterday. Uh, they are two and three. They are two and a half point uh, home underdogs, though, to the Cardinals. They are also two and three. The number for this one is 51 and a half. Pat, that seems where the intrigue lies in this one. So. The lack of defense here on these teams, it feels like an over. Sometimes these overs, though, have been disappointing. Is this one that plays up to our expectations or falls below them? I really like the under here. I've got this at 48 and a half, so I'm going to hit the under. Um, I just like the, the Cardinals offense. I don't consider potent and they might be down a running back too, Joe. It's possible. I know James mm -hmm. Conner uh, sustained some sort of ribs injury, although it's not believed to be serious. Um, so I would expect he probably misses some practices this week. Who knows if he plays, um, not a big factor ultimately here though. Uh, but this is probably one of the games I, I feel more strongly about on the slate. There are a lot where I just, you know, don't want to touch anything, but, um, I think Seattle's a little undervalued here at home. I think they should only be like a one point home dog. And, uh, I, I do like the under here. Like I, I know both of these defenses are bad. But there are also some issues with both of these offenses uh, where I'm not I'm still not totally comfortable seeing Geno Smith as an above average NFL starting quarterback. I have to admit to that. And, um, you know, like there have been times when this Arizona offense has, has really misfired during the season. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm on Seattle and the under here. In all fairness, we have to grade on a curve this year with some of the substandard quarterback play that we've seen. So Gino Smith is an above average quarterback in 2022 from what we've seen so far. Friedman, the Cardinals had a moment here. Could have sent that game to overtime. Obviously came up a field goal short. Maybe a few other Cliff Kingsbury decisions. Once again, questionable. Is this another spot where Cliff Kingsbury kind of outcoaches himself or what should probably be a win for this team? Or is this an opportunity here for them to go here in this in-division game, go out there and get a victory on the road in a huge in-division one potentially at that? 
I mean, it's an opportunity for them to do it. I don't think they're going to. Uh, you know, we've seen exactly when they struggle. It's in the first half. And they're fine in the second half when the game plan gets abandoned and it's Kyler Murray ignoring Cliff Kingsbury and just going out there and taking over through his talent. And we've actually seen the Seahawks be really good to open games. Like the scripted portions of their games have been really strong. Uh, I normally don't look too much in like, first half versus second half markets or anything like that if i'm looking at the game i like seattle in the spot i'd probably take them on the money line but if i'm looking in the first half versus second half markets i do seattle in the first half and then i do cardinals in the second half mm, i like the breakdown there very nice well done all right let's move to the next one here this is the one we all want to see four and one buffalo against three and one kansas city kansas city plays tonight they uh, buffalo bills are two point road favorites in this game now they probably should be especially after that shellacking they gave the Steelers and Josh Allen throwing for 350 yards in the first half 53 and a half is the number so last time these two teams met Friedman this was an epic game everybody remembers it one of the most entertaining fourth quarters in that you ever see let alone the overtime so here's the revenge narrative right Buffalo goes in there makes a statement or do they fall a little short again and does this total potentially underwhelm too Matt they beat the Steelers. Like, yeah, they crushed the Steelers, but I'm not putting too much weight on that game. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, even after that game, I did upgrade them in my ratings, and I still think the Chiefs should be favored in this spot. Hmm. Like, the Chiefs are still a very good team, and they are at home. And Arrowhead is one of the few stadiums that I think does provide, like, a significant home field advantage. <sighs> It's it's uh, it's fishy. I can like, see your soul leaving square. your body just now when that happens. It's like very it. square to be like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. I'm not going to think any more about this. But like, really, he's six zero and one as an underdog. Like, if you give me the opportunity to bet on Patrick Mahomes as an underdog, I'm going to do it. Now, the thing is, I'm probably wrong because this line like opened at one one and a half. It's moved, you know, from two to two and a half now at DraftKings. Like that's the first two and a half, two and a half that's popped up in the market. I bet that the rest of the market moves in that direction. So although I'm on Kansas city, if you like Kansas city, if you haven't bet it yet, I would probably just wait and see what happens. If, if this number gets to three, then I would, I mean, I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes is a three point underdog at home. That just that feels ridiculous, but there is a very real chance that the market gets there because I could be wrong and people love the bills right now. That's fair. Well, look, Friedman saying that the wrong team is favored. Pat, they've struggled a bit sometimes, the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw in just in Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, who knows what we're going to see tonight against the Raiders. If they struggle against the Raiders, maybe this line gets impacted quite a bit. How do you see this one? And is there any early value? Um, I've already bet Kansas city. I'm with Friedman on this, which okay. makes me a little nervous because Friedman and I went down on, uh, some of the same sinking ships yesterday, although we're both on the, uh, chiefs tonight. So it, it's possible Friedman is right. And if Kansas city struggles in the Monday night game against the Raiders, we are going to see this line go to three or above. But if, uh, Kansas city trucks, the Raiders, as I'm kind of betting on, uh, maybe we see this come back down the other way. So that is kind of what I wanted to guard against by getting this game in early with the Chiefs. I agree. I mean, uh, talk about a live home dog. Mm -hmm. um, and, and for a game of this magnitude, like there's no way the Chiefs and their fans aren't going to be up for this one. So um, I'm with Friedman. I, I took this one early. As far as the total, like 
my projections say like it's half a point too high. There's no way I'm betting the under on this. This feels right. like the, the Rams. <laughs> this feels like the Rams Chiefs game of a few years ago, where you're like, "Wow, that's a high total." I don't know if it gets there, and yeah, like and it goes 70. flying over yeah. early in the second half. Exactly. So, not touching the total here. All right, Dallas and Philadelphia. Philadelphia undefeated. They are at home. They're five point favorites against the Cowboys. Cowboys pick up another big win, and it's on the road. Still waiting for more clarity with the Dak Prescott situation. Pat, even if Dak came back, how do you feel about this five? How do you feel about the 43 and a half? Yeah, I mean, I I would kind of like Dak uh, and the Cowboys if he is indeed back at this number. But then if he's not back at this number, I, I kind of like Philly. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just it seems like this is the week when he could come back. I'm almost inclined to, to take this at, uh, you know, this number. But. I'm not sure if I'm bold enough to do that. And I I definitely I am bold enough to take the over, though, sight unseen, because I think it could get there even if Cooper Rush is quarterbacking the Cowboys. Uh, I think the over has an excellent chance of coming in if uh, it's Dak back at the controls. Cowboys are really feeling this underdog narrative, especially on the defensive side, Friedman. Uh, They have kind of said, all right, you want to under appreciate us we're going to keep sticking it to everybody who thinks we can't win these football games but now you're getting the eagles it's a little bit different story this is a more complete team what are your thoughts on this one here especially with some of the quarterback uncertainty uh i think eagles i think the crush in this spot i don't think dak plays he didn't practice at all last week and they have said that they want him to have a full week of practice before he plays so i think with the bye week for them coming up after this, uh, I think it's smart for them just to let him rest and then return after that. So I don't think he's going to play. And Micah Parsons is dealing with, I, I believe, a hamstring or a groin injury. And so he wasn't was playing. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't playing his full complement of snaps. And so, you know, he was still effective as a situational pass rusher, but going against one of the best offensive line in, in the league, you know, like you're going to need all of your guys out there for all of their their normal array of snaps. So uh, I don't think that this is a good spot for the Cowboys. I have this closer. I have this at 6.75. All right. So very close to seven. I think there's value here at this number. That's the Sunday night football game, which leaves one more, just the Monday night game. Denver at the Chargers. Six and a half point favorites are the Chargers. 46 and a half is the number. Uh, Look, I don't know if that's enough, right? My disdain for the Broncos runs deep right now. Uh, So... Uh, am I overreacting here, Friedman, or is is <laughs> I mean, it feels like the Chargers should go in there and absolutely just trounce them because the Denver Broncos just do not look like a good football team right now. Nathaniel Hackett looks completely overwhelmed. Russell Wilson's dealing with an injury. You've lost your running back, which means all of a sudden now this offense doesn't feel like it's going in the right direction. And Russell Wilson is tunnel vision right now. He's looking for one guy on one play each time. He is not seeing the football field. I don't know if it's something we could shake from him right now. And to me, this feels like, I don't know, the nail in the coffin for the Broncos. But do you see it differently? Yeah, and he's dealing with the shoulder injury. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, but, you know, Fitz kind of put it perfectly when talking about an earlier game. This feels like the kind of game that Friedman would like. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to bet. I don't want to bet on the Broncos in the spot. I haven't done it yet, but I have this number at four. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I might need to make some adjustments, but I have it at four. And if it's six and a half, that's pretty significant value. All right. How about you, Fitz? How do you feel about this one? Am I just getting too harsh here on the Denver Broncos? Yeah. I mean, 
So I don't know, Friedman, are you clinging to your priors on Denver here? Like that they still have the talent to, to get the ship ready because things have been so off as far as the chemistry, man. Like it just seems like Hackett is not the right guy for the job. It seems like the marriage with Russell Wilson isn't working out. And uh, the other big issue, like losing Garrett Bowles, their starting left tackles, having him carted off in the fourth quarter. Like that's a big deal. This offense was broken yeah. as it was. And now they're losing their best offensive lineman. Like that is a yeah. major problem. So, um, I mean, I think this should be six and a half. And I'm, I'm inclined to maybe bet the Chargers here. Yeah, I I have bumped them down 2.75 points from where I had them originally to start the year. And like that has taken into account the loss of, of Garrett Bowles, the loss of uh, Randy Gregory, I mean, the loss of, mm-hmm. of everyone that they've had. But uh, I don't know, like I'm not, I'm not all that impressed by the chargers this year. You know, like I have bumped them down a little bit from where I had them too. not, you know, 2.75 points, but I have bumped them down a little bit. I doubt Keenan Allen plays in this game. He didn't practice at all last week. So I don't think he's close to returning. I mean, six and a half for a divisional opponent. That is, that is a lot. You're right. So, and yeah. the Broncos are, their D is legit and they are hard to throw on. I, I like the under here too. Um, it, it just does not feel like we thought we were going to get shootouts in the AFC West, like all season long. I don't think we're going to see many shootouts with the Broncos. And, uh, you know, this is still almost bordering on a shootout line. So I'm, I'm inclined to take the under here. All right. That's the early look ahead right now for week six in the NFL. Let's get everybody's favorite picks real quick. Pat, what are your three favorite early bets here this week? Oh man, we got to go with the bears. Uh, we, we talked about that where I just like, I think this game is being, uh, misvalued. So we're going to take the bears and the three points, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this is another one where, you know, I'm going to play the trends and, uh, play them continuing to smack the Colts around. Um, the Colts offense is, is just in a bad way right now. And, um, you know, I think I, I talked myself into a, a new third favorite bet. I, I like this Denver, uh, LA Chargers under uh, the the 46 it was at at DraftKings this morning. So I think that's going to play under. All right, Friedman, how about you? What are your top early look aheads for week six? Okay, so kiss of death. Uh, Fitz and I are both on the Bears as our uh, one of our early favorite Note bets. Note to self, so, go against the yeah. Bears. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, on the Bears, uh, I I am on Kansas City here as underdogs at home. Um, money line spread, whatever. Uh, and then Philly minus five. Uh, I just, I like them at home going against the Cowboys unit without a fully healthy Micah Parsons and no Dak Prescott. Okay. There you have it. I want to remind everybody too. You got that over under game going on at sleeper, go get involved in it right now. That's over at sleeper.app slash betting pros. Use the promo code betting pros again, sleeper.app slash betting pros to get a hundred dollar deposit match on your first deposit today. And don't forget about BetMGM, the king of sports books. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for Friedman and for Pat. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.